Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. This is the Industry Expert Series, where I chat to the most inspirational figures in the industry right now. Today, I was joined by industry legend, Mr. Sean Newman. Now, Sean has 50 self-employed agents in and around Leicestershire area. And we spoke on various different topics, such as dress, what you should wear to evaluation or what what he wears, fees, and a very important topic, which I wasn't expecting, health and fitness and how health and fitness impacts his work and his suggestions for anybody listening. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. Sean Newman, what makes a world-class estate agent? Oh my God, that's, that is a, that's a great question. And the trouble is, it's a very long answer. Although there are some... Yeah, sometimes it's just the basics, getting those basics right. I, you know, I guess it for me, I try to try and work out why am I different to some other agents? What makes me different? Why am I getting some good results? And I think for me, like I'm passionate about it. I love what I do. And I do really care, genuinely care about the owner. I'm not attached to the outcome. So I did see someone recently, earlier this week, I did a market appraisal. I don't do many. And my wife said, why are you doing this? Like, why are you going? Like, it was a big house, six million pound house, <laughs> or six and a half million. And I said, because I love it. I enjoy it. It's fun. I do it for free. I mean, I went to that house and I'll just give you the quick version of events when people, she needed to sell and she tried three other estate agents. It's been on, on off the market for two or three years. And I just was genuine. So I, I went there in this black t-shirt and my jeans had flip-flops on and I met my colleague there and he said flip-flops I said don't worry I'm going to put some trainers on and I, I did have a white shirt in my car and I said do you think I should put the white shirt on to make myself look a bit smarter you know I'm not going to put a suit on or a tie but and he went just be yourself and I, it was the answer I was looking for actually I thought yeah I'm just going to go in my shirt and six and a half million pounds so I haven't met the people I've no idea what they're like but when I got there they were just down-to-earth people and I think mm-hmm. when they saw me in a relaxed, casual, genuine, not the typical estate agent with a clipboard and a suit. And that just conjures up all the worst things. And they've been let down by so many people, estate agents and promised them all these things. And I was just straight talking with them. And it took me two hours to wander around the house. I probably only had 20 minutes to talk to them. And I just said to them, first of all, the fees, two and a half percent, there's no negotiation. It's 10,000 pound upfront as a marketing contribution. And the price needs to be, and Lee said, well, maybe let's do offers over five. And I'm thinking the price needs to be offers over four. It's been on the market, had no interest. Now it might sell for five, might sell for six, but let's get the price offers over four. Let's get everyone there, create competition, get the bidding up and and get it sold. And her exact words were, I feel physically sick. And I thought, oh no, I've probably got a bit high with the fee. And she said, I said, what, which part of that has made you feel sick? Is it, you know, there's the fee. And she said, no, 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 I understand why you charge more. And I said, what about the pricing strategy? She goes, no, you've explained that. That makes perfect sense. And I said, maybe it's the 10 grand, you know. And and, uh, she said, no, no, I feel physically sick because you've suddenly made me realize this is going to sell now and I'm going to be moving. 
And obviously it was an emotional thing that she'd been there for like 20 years, spent a fortune on the house, brought her kids up there. And suddenly the emotion of selling this house has taken over her life. Um, so she was very emotional about losing that, you know, selling the house, which obviously I understand. Yeah. But she had no problem with the fees. In fact, she's got another business and they were having a meeting with their marketing team about investing on marketing in their business. And I said, forget marketing a business. You're not going to be here. Spend that marketing money on investing in the marketing of your house. And husband, yeah, yeah, he's right. Yeah, we should do that. And I said, just close the business. Let's get the household. And ultimately, I just said to her, and maybe another agent hadn't said this, but it's obvious to me, is like, what would, what do you want to achieve? And she said, and what would, once this house is sold, what do you want to do? And she wanted to live in another country. She'd already bought a house out there. She didn't want to have the hassle of a business. She wanted to live a life and, you know, she wanted to enjoy life mm -hmm. and not have the stress and the worry of the upkeep for the house. And I said, well, look, I'm going to help that make that happen. And you could just see the weight lifting off her shoulders. Yeah. And, and then I asked, what, how did you get on with the other estate agents? She said, oh, they never rang me back. They never did this. They didn't do that. They haven't done. Oh, she was giving me a list of things that I'm going to do. And I only actually told her three things that I was going to do. And that was enough. And it took 20 minutes. And I did not get yeah. one piece of marketing material out. I was just me. And it's just two people that, and I care about her. And she was, she's ill. She's got pneumonia. And the other night, I sent her five books for her to read. It cost me like 60 quid. Just order them off Amazon and put them in a package, present. And she said, oh, it's... She said, you're such a sweetie. It's like Christmas getting these books. And I don't mind if she got those books and didn't want to use them to sell a house. It wasn't, it wasn't trying to, you know, make her sell. She wanted, but yeah. I wanted to help her. And that's where I think I just genuinely care about people and I want to help her in her health. I want to help her in her move, help her with her business. And that comes across and I know I can help her. And I'm not interested in trying to sell yeah, there's a couple of points I want to pick up on. And one's a direction that I didn't expect to go in, in this, but it's on what you wore to the valuation. Now, I was having this conversation, exact conversation last week with Sam, but now I walk in and she goes, oh, you're not going to a valuation like that, yeah? And I've said to her, my conversion has gone up. Now, I don't wear a shirt. I wear a T-shirt. Yeah. I wear jeans and I wear trainers. My conversion has gone up compared yeah. to when I used to wear. Now, that may be just in my head. It may be in their heads, but... Isn't it really interesting how it plays out that way? Because they're not sat there in suits, these people in six million pound houses. I mean, we haven't got any six, but a similar person yeah. avatar is definitely sat in front of us. So, but what is it that gives you that? Is it confidence which allows you to be bold? Is it, is it money yeah. in the bank? Is it experience? What, what allows you to be able to go in there dressed like that? Say you're going to get two and a half cent fee, tell them authoritatively what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I used to believe I'm going to see multimillionaires or billionaires even, and I've got to wear my nice gold Rolex watch and my nice designer shoes and suit. And that's bullshit, really. That's not me. I'm not materialistic. I don't, I haven't worn, you know, my watch for like years and years and years and years. It's sitting in the safe. I need to sell it. I have an Apple watch. Yeah. I have trainers. I have a t shirt. I have like 10 of these black t shirts, a pair of jeans. I wear the same jeans, like I've got a couple of pair of jeans and that's me. And what people need to realize is they want to deal with you, the individual. That's what they like about you. Not this persona of you've got to have the right car or the right dress and the right suit. Honestly, 
I would say if I'm more if I'm dressed as I would now, I'm more relaxed as a person. Mm. I'm being genuine. I'm being authentic. That and I know it's um like it's difficult to put put uh, hit the nail on the head, but I think it's like most of communication is non-verbal. It's like you know the tone yeah. of your voice, your you know, and it is what you wear and it's how you look and stuff like that. But it's it's not necessarily all about what you say. It's you as a person, and if they they feel that you're genuine, and you're being like you know, there's nothing worse than someone's like this on on a on a video, and then you see someone else and they're completely different. But I'm just me, and some people want to wear nice suits, and there's nothing wrong with that. And some people like people who wear suits, and that's good as well. Like mm. it could have been an older person who is a sergeant major, major in the army that wants me to have black polished shoes and a tie and a cravat and but that's not me i mean yeah get several out and it's not your client arguably not my client no i don't want to deal with those people but why can you accept that now but let's say go all the way back to day one when you opened up your yeah. agency i want to ask you about this i've never asked, actually asked you how you started i'm guessing back then you weren't able to walk in a t-shirt and say Ten, I want ten thousand pound off you in a two and a half cent fee. No, take me through that journey. I definitely used to get good fees. I always got good fees. I never understood why estate agents charge lower fees. That's just stupid to me. And I tell you, a big lesson I learned was about market share. I always wanted to be the number one, one number one in our town, most for sale signs, the biggest market share. When I realised that that was not the most important thing, for example. Like the most important thing as a business is to be the most profitable estate agent. And although we were number one in our town, and I'm going back years, we spent a fortune on pages and pages of newspaper advertising and leaflets and marketing and paid the best salaries and the best people and the best desks and the best phones and everything. But like, then how much money could we make at the end of the month? That was the important thing. And then I realized. So what turned it for you? The recession hit and made me realize, you know, this is 2008. And then I just went, it's not about who's got the biggest, who's number one. It's who's got the most money in the bank at the end of the month. And then I, and also I talked to a lot of new agents that come to me and say, oh, I want to have lots of houses for sale. And I said, well, how many do you want to sell and how much are you going to charge? And they tell me all these figures. And then I would say to them, like, it's better to sell one house for a million pounds and charge two and a half percent and get a 25 grand fee then deal with you know an average fee of say two and a half grand and sell 10 houses i mean that's two extremes mm. and there could be somewhere in the middle but i wouldn't go to a house unless it was probably let you know five million or you know because you know and only because my time is valuable and it does take over my life i mean you know this i'm on call seven days a week till eight o'clock with this new client and another client I'm dealing with. So it is, it is very time consuming, but I'd much rather deal with one or two houses with decent fees than hundreds and low fees. Yeah. So, so take us back to day one of your agency life. What, what did that look like? Were you a trainee? When I first started, I started at Taylor's, which was part of Countrywide, and I had a terrible suit and white socks. I was a typical, I mean, it's embarrassing, a state agent, obviously no mobile phones. <laughs> And uh, it was a good time we were selling houses. Like we'd go on a, a valuation and we'd come out of the valuation. Obviously, when we got to the office, it was whoever sold the house got the commission. So not the person who listed it. So I'd got this listing and I thought, as soon as I go back to the office, they're all on the phone to their clients, ringing their clients and they'll sell it. So I'd go to a phone box and I would be buy, ringing my clients, you know, potential buyers. Say, Look, I've got this new house on the market, come tomorrow or tonight. 
because it would be gone. Obviously, it was like a similar sort of market. Things were going quickly. But yeah, I started at part of Countrywide. And then, then after a couple of years, I was made a manager. And I said, I wanted to earn more money. That was my motivation. I was poor and I wanted to earn more money. My name is Lisa Curran and I run Curran's Unique Homes in Chester. My favourite part of being a Firewave member is definitely the mastermind days. The chance of getting in a room with people with similar challenges, I get an enormous amount from. I really love the structure of Firewave. It keeps me on track. I find it very, very easy to implement and I love the results that it brings to my business. And I said, I wanted to earn more money. That was my motivation. I was poor and I wanted to earn more money. And there was a ceiling to what I could earn. They made me manager and I was earning less money because I was relying on everyone else's income. And so an estate agent uh, in a very small office of six foot wide contacted me and said, do you want to take over this business and buy this business off me? And I went, well, I'll come and meet you. I didn't have any money. And he said, basically, he said, do I have it as a franchise? So I give him 10% of the turnover. And what I didn't really fully understand was I was taking on all the liability. So I thought, oh, and, and, and this is to tell you how long it was. It was, he said he could have it for six grand. So it was a small six foot wide office, two desks, a photocopier, a couple of phones, and there was an admin girl. And every manager he'd had in there over the last few years had lost, it had just lost money, hadn't made any money. So obviously, even though he was only making 10% of the turnover, he wasn't losing money and he was getting rid of a liability. So he said, can I have it for six grand? And I went, it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I did not have six grand. But what I was taking on is the lease, the, the expenses of a newspaper advertising, the salary. And I said, I've got six grand. He says, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Pay six grand over 12 months. So I pay 500 pound a month. I went, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. But I haven't even got 500 pounds. <laughs> and he said, okay. Well, let's start you paying 500 pounds in like four or five months time. Once you've got some houses on the market, then you sell it and then it goes through and that'll be through and then you have some money. And I went, yeah, okay. And he said, I'll cover the cost for the first three months. And I went, okay. So I literally started with nothing. And obviously I had to go out and get some houses on the market because I had some bills to pay in three mm. months time. So that was the start. Do you think that helped you that, the, that you had to make it work? You had no choice. You had bills to pay. You had to go out and get the business. Yeah, failure was not an option and it backs to the wall. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd committed myself. I'd signed over the lease of this building. Ta- you know, I was doing the newspaper advertising and the invoicing wasn't for like 30 days and he got another 30 days to pay. So, you know, I think he was covered the cost for the first month, maybe or two, but I knew those bills were still coming. So, yeah, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're back to the wall and there's no option, but, I, but also I was confident in my ability. I knew what I'd done at Taylor's. And I had to man the office because there was no other staff. And But I would be there till 6 or 6.30 at night. I would lock the door. Then I would go out and I would deliver leaflets and I would knock on doors. And that would be my like evening job. And then, you know, you know, obviously didn't have the internet and computers, but I just went out there and prospected. Yeah, you made a good point about um, when entrepreneurs backs against the wall, they, make, they find a way. And something that we've been talking about, Sam and I recently, is why don't some people find a way in the industry? And there seems to be, there's no, I mean, there's some amazing agents out there who earn next to nothing. And there's some not great agents out there that earn a lot of money because they're good business people or good entrepreneurs. And and, and it's, it's an odd industry where you don't seem to get paid for how good you are necessarily at your profession. Yeah. And so 
at what point did you have to turn your business head on away from almost your, your estate agency head? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'd never done any, I didn't, I'd never had a business. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was learning the hard way and I didn't really understand accounts or tax or like anything. I just had to learn as we went, you know. I hadn't heard of AML for six months, Sean. <laughs> yeah, but I know it was, it's, it was just learning. I was just learning on the job, you know, and I think sometimes that's the best way to learn because what I've learned, you can't learn in university or learning books. I think now there's a lot more freedom of information with YouTube and podcasts and you can listen to successful people. I'm listening to Stephen Bartlett at the moment and I'm just listening to some amazing mm. stories about this rapper who then had a, you know, a restaurant and then um, he had a, a baby line for baby's moisturizer and stuff. And then Brewdog, I mean, a fascinating story about Brewdog, you know, these are inspirational podcasts, but I'm still learning. I am still learning. I listen to an hour a day of either podcast, YouTube, or reading a book, listening to a book. Yeah, that's one thing that struck me ever since I first met you, how much you, you learn. I mean, arguably you could retire now. I don't know your finances, but I'm sure you could retire now and live an amazing life, yet yeah. you still spend time learning and, and investing and it's one thing that I've always found very inspirational about you. When you all of a sudden had to hire a team and those almost parenting challenges come in that, that I certainly never expected to be a, a challenge and uh, we're going through these pains now, what was your biggest learning curve and at what point did you feel like your team became taking up more of your time than actually the job itself? Yeah, I, I hate it. I don't want to manage people. I think that's the worst thing in the world to do. Agreed. Even running a business is not fun. Like the best part of this business is going out, listing the houses, selling the houses, meeting the people, just marketing. That's the fun stuff. Running a business is a ball ache. Like I don't enjoy that. And then, so I do put people in place. I always had people to manage an office and had people do training and outside sources and, and accountants do the accounting. And, uh, you know, one of the you know best things I did was appoint a finance director and a, a, an accounting team. I hate looking at accounts, dealing with banks, all of that. So I'm not that I don't, I don't even like contracts. You know, if someone sends me a contract, I hate reading them. I just want to go, like, if I trust them and I like them, I'll sign it. And that's what people do with me. They never read my contract. They just go, yeah, I like mm. you, Sean. I trust you. I'm just going to sign it. So running a business and dealing with people I do not like, dealing with the people as management. And our model now is I don't manage anyone. All the agents that we have in our business, they're all on a self-employed basis, and they are my customers. It's a different relationship. Like, they're not staff, they're not employees, they're not telling them what to do, I'm not managing them. They are my customers, I am helping them. They are entrepreneurs in their own right, running their own business, and I provide the platform for them, the support, the training, the knowledge, the skills, the, the right environment, and it's that's what I enjoy. And I don't feel like I'm running a business that way. Mm -hmm. All I do is I feel like I'm helping people. And the more people I help, I mean, it's wonderful the feedback I get. I mean literally every day but like last night someone rang me and he just said i'm just loving life i'm in spain at the moment in this five bedroom detached villa with a pool with my family and my kids i'm doing a bit of work he said i've just tied up a deal on the phone i've got two i've done some prospecting i've got calling people that have spoken to over the, over the last few months I've got two listings coming on next month from, uh, next week when i'm back I've just had an exchange he said i'm doing this while i've got a cocktail in the sun with my kids 
He said, it's amazing. I am loving life. And I get people telling me that they're happier than they've ever been before, earning more money than ever before, that they've got better relationships with their wives, husbands, kids. They're fitter or healthier because they're out, I don't know, knocking on doors or they're going to the gym or they're going for coffee with friends. And life's good. And that, yeah. that just fuels my enthusiasm because that's where I get my satisfaction from, for my fulfillment. And it's very rewarding. And then the more people I help, and the side product of that is the better the business is. But as you say, I'm not bothered about the money. I don't care, I don't care about I'm doing it for fun. And again, I, I, all my money will be given away before I die or I'll spend it. Join the queue. Yeah, but there's no... For the, for the Sean so Newman handouts. <laughs> yeah, but there's only so many things you can spend money on. Once you've got a car and a house and food and you go on holiday and you've got clothes, I mean, literally, I found the more money I've got, the less money I spend on stuff. Like my car is a seven-year-old car. It's a Tesla, seven years old. I don't spend any money on petrol or, or tax, no road tax. It's not never been serviced. I could literally buy any car I wanted and I don't. I don't buy any design material. I don't know what I spend my money on. It's just maybe experiences, really, more experiences and yes. holidays. And when I go on, I don't call them holidays. I just work from a different location. Anyway, I forgot what the question was. Yeah. I saw that, but, but that in itself is, is empowering. But I want to come back to you said about your, your team's health and fitness. And I know you, you're massive on your own health. Yeah. How do you think, how do you think that impacts your work? Oh my God, that's a great question. I mean, it's like the most important thing. It's the number one priority for me is my health. I spend a lot of time, money, and yeah, learning about health. And I mean, it's incredible. You know, they, they say you don't know what you don't know. And I'm amazed how much I don't know. And what I am finding out at the moment is blowing my mind. And you know, maybe I'll share some books with you, but and podcasts, there's too much. But yeah. I'm going tomorrow to London to have an intravenous drip for an hour, which with a, with a, a half a litre of NAD plus. Don't ask me what it is because it will take too long. Then I'm going into a cryotherapy and then I'll be going into a red light sauna or infrared sauna. You know, I, I have vet, you know, celery juice every morning, cold showers every morning. I go to the gym most days. If I don't go to the gym, I do some sort of exercise. I've got a, a P, um, a, it's called a PE. MS mat, which is stands for pulse electromagnetic therapy, actually PMFT. I've I've seen those. But incredible. Like my there's probably 50 things I do every day regarding my health uh, and what I do um to keep myself fit and healthy. But it's a full-time job. Yeah. That's an extreme. And so for people that maybe don't do anything that you know they work all day, they go home, have a takeaway and go to go to sleep. What difference will a little, will say, I do 10,000 steps a day. What was something like that? What were the difference on their lives? Okay, there's three things. And, and, and you don't need to spend a lot of time. You don't need to spend a lot of money. But the three things they should focus on is one, sleep. Like that will make a massive difference. I have an aura ring and I monitor my sleep every day. And I improve, look to it ways to improve it. And there's lots of things you can do to improve your sleep. The second thing is what you put in your body. So definitely... Just look at everything you put in your body. Make sure your body is alkaline and not sort of acidic. So not, you know, just healthy food and natural. And I know it sounds obvious, but, you know, we all know that 
we go to the fridge and there's a cake there and an apple there, you should go for the apple, but we all like the cake, I know, but a bit of discipline, but your taste buds adjust. Like, I don't think, I'm not saying I love celery, but I have celery every day as, as it's great juice and detoxifier. And the, the third thing is just do some physical movement. So steps is great, just, just do steps. Walk around, make sure you take time out wherever you are, go, you know, I'm just gonna go for a walk around the block or walk around the field. You know, you don't need to go to a gym or if you've got kids, you're running around chasing them. You know, my wife got loads of steps in because she was like tidying around the house and sorting out the garage and, you know, sometimes in the garden. But, you know, we've got a garden, but she still likes to do stuff herself, you know, but just keep busy and keep active. And it's just about being active. So those are three simple, important things. You don't need to change everything. If you just change one thing in your diet, like one meal, and, and actually this is the best thing I've done, and is I, I don't have breakfast. I don't eat till 11 or 12 o'clock, the 12 o'clock normally, but... Why is, why is that? Well, it's, it's called intermittent fasting. I don't call it that, and I won't go into the detail, but I can tell you that I thought I'd start for a, a few days in January, then a week, and then I've got a month. I've done it now, and it's, it's August. I don't think I will ever eat before 12 o'clock for the rest of my life. Like, it's game-changing. And I don't even feel hungry. What does it give you? What's it changed? I certainly feel healthy. I've got energy. And I'm not doing it for weight loss. Like, some people do do it for weight loss. I have to eat more because I'm missing out a meal. But it's a very... It's, each one of these things where I'm talking about my health, it's an hour podcast on its own. But I'll tell you all I would suggest someone does. If they want to listen to a, a podcast, listen to... David Sinclair. So Dr. David Sinclair, type that into YouTube. There's a podcast there. He's also done a book called, Tony Robbins has done a book called Life Force. Yeah. But just Google the book for, for Dr. David Sinclair and the book will come out. It's called Lifespan. And it's all about Lifespan. living longer, longevity. We'll, we'll put it in the, in the show notes. So that, that brings us nicely onto our very last question. One book right now, Sean Newman, that everyone listening to this needs to go and buy and read or listen to. Apart from that one you just gave us. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of Daniel Priestley and his book, Oversubscribed. And I think the subtitle is How to Get People Queuing Up to Do Business With You. So that's one of my you know, favorite books. And, and there's obviously it's a long list of... My, my absolute favorites. That is a great suggestion. Yeah, it's good. And then there's obviously 24 Assets is another book. Yeah, it, it, Oversubscribed is a game changer. In, ter in terms of mindset and what you've spoken about today of of being selective, oversubscribed is, is the best book out there, I, I think. Yeah, it's good. And I, I really enjoyed it and I'm a big fan of what he's doing. And I think, you know, a lot of estate agents, you know, it's not for estate agents, but a lot of estate agents, if they become the key person of influence in their area, they, you know, they, they are selective who the clients they deal with. And then they, they, they talked about 24 assets and digital assets and, you know, that's all, all, all great stuff. So I'd read all three of those or listen to it. Amazing. Sean Newman, thank you very much for your time and your expertise. That was a wide range of topics and I'm sure we'll chat very, very shortly. Hopefully you're, in, you're somewhere like Abu Dhabi or Australia next time we talk. Yeah. There's a tour of where you are. Yeah. Happy to chat anytime, so just let me know when. Thanks, Sean. 
great to talk to you. Take care. Bye. If you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to find out more about if and how we can help you scale and build the agency of your dreams. All we want you to do is go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash AJMM and that'll be in the show notes as well where you'll find full information on all of our amazing mastermind programs.